So for me, when I'm saying that, I mean as in growing up, my mother's favorite thing to say was, do as I say, not as you see. So for it is crazy because a lot of times when you're a kid, you don't really understand these things. But as I got older, well, rather, I learned my first lesson of that in school. I think it was like maybe fourth or fifth grade. And I used, I still curse like a sailor because of her. But it's more because of me now as an adult. But that's where I got it from. And my mother used to curse people out. Like when I say curse people out, it was different. Like when she cursed you out, it felt like, It definitely, like for me, that's what it felt like for other people. So when I realized the power of cursing, I did it. And I did it well as a child, unfortunately, not bragging, but I got in trouble. The teacher called my mom's and she goes, well, Lana curses like a sailor. Would you have any idea where she gets that from? My mother looked this lady square in the eye and said, no, I would have, I have no idea. For whatever reason, this lady had to walk out of the room for a second. And my mother, like as the doors closing, my mother slapped me like it was a hinge, like her hand was a hinge attached to the door. And I was just in awe because in my mind, I'm like, I should be the one slapping you for lying. But we we know that it would have ended up in a BCW case. But I was so caught off guard by the fact that she slapped me because in my mind, I'm like, lady, you curse all day. So you shouldn't be shocked that I curse. But representation for me was you do it, I can do it. Her idea was because I do it, you definitely shouldn't be doing it. Yes, it sounds confusing. This is what most people do to children. They will confuse the hell out of you and tell you, oh, you can do this, but don't do that. Some parents were even bold enough to tell them, oh, you can curse. Just don't curse in schoolhouse or around white people because then they're going to look at me crazy. She didn't give me that speech. So... For somebody like me, representation is all right. I don't remember. Like my grandmother might have had a nice savings, maybe, but I don't recollect ever hearing nobody brag about having ten thousand or thousands in their savings accounts. Most of the people I know live from pillow to pad. You're a little young, you might not understand that. Pillow to pad means from pocket to uh like from the time you get the money it is spent period there's no oh yeah i could take this and put this in the savings and i could do this with that nothing is gone so i always had this weird idea about saving why do it doesn't even make sense as long as your bills are paid you got a couple extra dollars you did the right thing now in my 40s being a married woman I'm not going to make it seem like, oh, yeah, I'm sitting around saving thousands of dollars. I don't make much. But whatever you're able to put away for 
in your savings, it always has some type of representation. So you look and you're like, oh, snap, I got a couple more dollars. And it makes you excited to want to get a couple more dollars. Representation. But if you've never seen nobody save a dollar in your life, in theirs, what's going to make you want to save money? If you are a person who does not get dressed up, does not, like, and it's not about wearing Gucci Louis Prada, it's not about having the latest Jordans, it's not about being in $1,000 jeans, Amiris, right? I think that's what they're called. And you show your kids that you wear Crocs, sweats, dirty t-shirts. The representation you're showing them is that they don't have to dress to impress. Now, when I was growing up, I never forget it. My mother used to literally take her rollers out, make sure her eyelashes is on the right curl, might even throw on a little mascara to take me to school. And I used to look at her like, yo, who is she trying to impress at my school? But it's not about trying to impress nobody. It's about making sure that I have the best representation possible. So then when I go to school, I don't want to go to school looking like a bum. My mother never takes me to school looking like a bum. So why would I want to go to school looking like a bum? She always kept my hair done. So not being funny as an adult is something that I've always managed to do. I might be broke, but this motherfucking hair gonna look like I ain't. That's a feasy. Because um, you're not supposed to look like what you go through. And in this time and generation, I feel like people are comfortable walking around looking like they're going through so much. But actually, they're not. They're, com- they're complacent. When you are complacent in your lifestyle, not saying that everybody live lavish or eat, like, for instance, most of us are not thankful that we did not grow up in the shelter. We didn't grow up going from hello, from place to place. If you was one of those that grew up and you didn't have a stable home and you're comfortable moving from place to place, that is your representation. My representation, I grew up in the same house for 20 years. And then from the next 20 years, I don't think I had a, I don't want to say a drop of stability, but it was probably like a drop. Uh, I would stay here for a year or two. I would go over here, stay for a year or two. Like literally, I want to say a good, at least 10, at least 10, 12 years I lived like that where I did not have a drop of stability in my life. Whereas if I was getting money in the streets, I was renting rooms and staying different places. Uh, so yeah, I was a lot of places for a while. Like I was just all over the place. Not comfortable doing it at all either. It's not my lifestyle. Like I told you, I grew up in the same place for 20 years, always knew. I had a key to that door, I was good. And as I got older, I realized the price of stability is priceless. But that's also a form of representation where my form of representation to myself 
I wasn't stable-minded, so I didn't understand that your mind has to be stable. Your mind can't be all over the place in order for you to be stable, to sit your ass down somewhere and understand and get it. Um, Like I said, for a long time, I never seen my mother have a bad day. And I say that with glee because I remember her telling me stories like my grandmother lived in Co-op City. Shout out to anybody that lives in the Bronx, knows about Co-op City, been to Co-op City. Um, my grandmother lived on, no, oh, my mother, my mother, my grandmother, and my uncle lived in a place called Mark Terrace in the Bronx, it's uptown. And um, she said the incinerator wasn't far, but she made sure to take her rollers out make sure she took her robe off, like, and for the longest time, like, even up until I was grown, I would think, like, yo, who the fuck got time to do that? I'm just going to throw out the garbage. You know what her favorite thing was to me? You never know who you're going to see. And I'm like, you act like you was going to run into, like, Smokey, uh, Smokey Robinson or... One of these singers that my mother was into back then, he wasn't going to run into them, going to throw out the garbage. But the mentality was if you, if like elders tell you that, like nowadays people don't live like that. If you ready, you never have to get ready. For anybody that's listening to this, if you are ready, you do not have to get ready. And that is in anything in life. If you are preparing to make a meal, if you prepare your seasonings, your ingredients, all of these things, like you already know how much you need. So if you already have them out, ready to go, you don't have to worry about, oh, I got to go get this. So I got to find that. No, it's all right there. I can't remember the word for it in cooking, but it's a French word that they use for that. And it's being ready, being prepared. Um, even, and it's crazy because shout out, to Drink Champs and uh, T.K. Kirkland, because I just watched that. And T.K. Kirkland has been a comedian probably damn near the majority of my life. And when I say you have to have a certain type of mindset to find him funny or understand what he is saying to you, it's a jewel. But he goes, he is helping women to be ready and not grooming in that way because he's not dealing with women that are younger than him, but he's helping them as, let's say you're a 40 year old woman, you've been with a couple of people, but nobody's ever told you like, hey, have your vagina, be clean, be cleansely, be, be prepared for sex. You never know when your man might come home and want to do something freaky to you. And it's crazy because a lot of us don't live like that. We live on some, oh, it's all right. I could always go take a shower. You just messed up the moment. If it was ready and if if everybody lived like a Little Caesars pizza, we would be lit. Now, I guarantee you, most of y'all are sitting here going, what the fuck is she cheering for herself for? If everybody was hot and ready like a Little Caesars pizza boy, and I don't even necessarily mean in a sexual form. I mean as in just being excited for the day. 
rather than getting up, if you don't have a job, getting up and doing absolutely nothing, clean your space, wash your ass, get dressed, get a piece of paper and a pen and create a plan. Plan out what you want to do for the rest of the day rather than sit around and go, oh, I don't have nothing to do. If you create something to do, boom, now you got something, even if you don't have a job. But this is the mentality of people. They'll tell themselves, oh, I don't have nothing to do. Well, I'm bored. If you are over the age of 35 and say you are bored, we can't be cool. We shouldn't be cool. Because I don't care what it is you have going on in life. As an adult, we always got something to do. It's never, uh, oh, I don't have nothing to do. Like right now, I'm podcasting, but I know. I got to go get some water. I got to go get some rice. There's a couple of things that I have to get for my house. But you have to plan and plot your day accordingly. If you sit around and you smoke weed all day, people will go, oh, it's the weed that's keeping them from doing stuff. And I'll go, mm-mm, I smoke good weed. So the weed tells me, hey, don't you want to do something? Ain't it the recipe you wanted to try? Oh, let's clean the refrigerator. Oh, remember we spilled that thing. Now we should mop it up. It's always going to be something. Like, this is how my brain works all the time. So when representation for me, I see these people lousing around. When I say lousing, you could have a job. You could have two jobs. But after that job, you know what you tell your kids? Oh, I'm tired. I can't talk to you. Or, oh, I can't deal with you right now. Or, or, or even better, y'all don't cook for these kids and then wonder why they retarded. Yes, I said it. I know somebody's going to feel a way about that, and I'm not taking it back. If you were to cook at least, I'm being nice and saying at least three times a week, I guarantee you, you would get more productivity out of your productivity productivity out of your children, out of your significant other, even out of your damn pets. Y'all feed y'all pets worse bullshit than y'all feed yourselves. Some of y'all, shout out to y'all, y'all feed your dogs and your cats better than you feed yourselves. So I respect that as well. But when you're putting crap into your body, that's cool. You don't care. But when you're putting crap into your kids' bodies and then wondering why they're so fidgety, why they can't sit still, why all they want to do is play the game, why they wear hoodies in 80-degree weather, call people bra. Like, what? I'm not your bra. And you stink. Take that damn hoodie off. What's wrong with y'all? But then you see the parents... The parents are just as dark, if not darker, than the kid. And the mindset of the child is definitely a, a, a product of the parent. But being that, most people will go, hey, well, you don't have kids, so you don't understand. That's a fucking cop-out, and you know it. Because if you're not showing your kid how to be positive and bright and loving and pushing for the stars and pushing through regardless of whatever adversity comes their way, you know what they do? They make excuses, most likely like you do, about everything. Things that can actually be fixed and done things about. I am a 
sponsor, president, whatever you want to call me, of your mind is how you get through your day. I say that in a sense of if I sit around all day, like in COVID, right? During COVID, I would come up with the most magical things because I was grieving. And rather than just let grief hit me, take its toll on me and succumb to it, I always got to fight everything. So as I'm sitting there trying to fight the grief of losing my mother, I realized, wait, something something else is wrong. I feel bad. Like physically, I felt like life was kicking my ass. So what I didn't realize is that when you're grieving and you're not taking care of, let's say, yourself, period, that grief takes its toll on you. Physically, you will look, I think it's either your kidneys or your lungs that grief takes a toll on. And while getting high, the majority of the time, most of the time I'm grieving, that's probably one of my dear, dear friends, me and Mary Jam, be kicking it hard body during grief. But during the grief of losing my mother, me and Mary Jane, me and alcohol were not friends. No, ma'am, no, sir. I was able to go, "Mm -mm, I don't want none of it. And really have to just be sober in that moment. And it, it was more than a moment. I think it was a couple of weeks that I didn't smoke no weed. And then on top of that, I thought I was dying. Like, I'm like, oh my God, my heart. I never forget it. I walked to a hospital or a clinic thinking I was having a heart attack. Did you hear how how to, how to, how ignorant that sounds? I was walking to a clinic thinking I was having a heart attack. That doesn't even make sense. Most people can barely talk or move if they're having a heart attack. I was able to walk. I think that's about, I wanna say at least 10 New York City blocks to get to this place where I tell these people, oh, I think I'm having a heart attack. They ask me, how did you get here? I go, I walked. If you could have seen how this lady side-eyed me, I was aggravated instantly. But then they did what they were supposed to do. They ran some tests, did an EKG, a couple of other things on me. And she's like, not to be rude, miss, but you're way too young to have heart issues. You don't start having those until you're over like 45. And I'm like, what? I didn't even know there was an age limit on that because I've heard of young people having heart attacks. So I thought she was being rude, but she definitely did the appropriate test to let me know that I wasn't having a heart attack and most likely it's anxiety, depression. It, it, it could have been a number of things, but I wasn't having a heart attack. But grief was kicking my ass so bad that it had me believing that I might be having a heart attack, even though I know I, sh- I should have known better. So representation 
will have you doing and saying things that you might not have done before. So this is why I really want to have this conversation for parents, significant others, singles, heteros, uh, gays, um, the LGBTQ, I-R-S-T-U-V-W-X-Y-Z people. And um, because if we put out a proper representation, I think we we can kind of, I don't want to say save the world, but we'll save the generation after us or help them to be a better people. Because I feel like my generation of people, people that's between, let's say, 40 and 45, Niggas quit everything. Oh, it's too hard. Oh, I'm not going to tolerate that. Oh, I don't like it. And then wonder why the generation after us don't even try. They're like, oh, that job, you worked it for how many years and then quit? Nah, I'm good. I would never do that. So people are having a hard time getting postal workers, MTA workers, um, train conductors, plane uh, pilots. You name it, it's not a thing that people are pushing their kids toward that are actually really good jobs, their pension jobs, jobs that you can take care of yourself and your family off of when you decide to retire. But I feel like that's another thing in our con and, and uh, as a form of representation, I've seen a lot of people retire and still have to work. That's a little scary to me. It's always been scary to me. So I'm like, what? what's the point of retiring if you still got to work to live? That means you worked a job that didn't really work for you. So that put me in a position to go, I don't know about them pension jobs. They might not be all they cracked up to be. But if I had to talk to somebody who had a good pension job or a good benefit job that they go, all right, cool. Yeah, I work another job just so I can have extra. All of that money pays my bills and takes care of all the things I needed to take care of. But now after that, I'm broke. So now I go get a job, just one, to keep busy, but two, to keep a couple extra dollars. It's like, oh, all right, cool. But being that I saw so many people retire and it was like, oh, all right, you, you're doing good for yourself. Well, you good. It makes you go, all right, cool. You straight. We don't, we don't got to worry about you. But it's the people that have homes and things like that and thought that their money would be good or they would be with somebody whose money was good. And it's like, mm, you don't get that lucky. So representation is self-care, making sure that you and your significant other are stable together, use your significant other, or you and your children, please, especially if it's you and your children, please make sure that you're, you're creating a, a, a stable lifestyle for them to show them that, look, if you work hard and you do the right thing, you can win. We win. You don't lose. And even down to if you grew up in a place where your mama and your daddy wasn't together. And then you talk to your mama and your mama tell you her mama wasn't with her daddy. And then you might be able to find out that your grandmama mother wasn't with her daddy. 
do you hear the patterns there? It's, it's, a, uh, it's a pattern, but it's called Generational Curses. Also got a podcast on that. I think that's episode five. That's one of, one of the ones that's up there, too, that people like. And um, I feel like if you're able to break generational curses, that lets you know that your representation that was in front of you affects you or is going to affect you somewhere down the line, your children, whatever. And rather than keep bringing that curse or thing into your family's uh, lineage, you stop it right there. So now your kid gets to grow up with a mother and a father at home. Not just a mother and a father, because everybody has a mother and a father. The difference is, do you know your father? Did you grow up with him? Did he help you grow into the woman you want to be? So if you're able to go no to a lot of those questions that I just asked, yeah, you might want to take your time and pick a man that is going to father not only your children, but the relationship that y'all have. Because if he is able to father that He's able to go, uh, when we do have a child, if we have a child, I'm able to know that I'm never going to just up and leave this child. I'm not going to up and leave you. Now, we might not work out, but that doesn't mean I up and leave you and my child. The mentality of people is, oh, all right, we're not together. I don't got to deal with this kid no more. Or I deal with them when I feel like it. Or it's not a full-time thing anymore. It's a part-time thing when it should still be a full-time thing. It should actually be a double-time thing because you're not there. You're not in the picture. So you want to make sure this kid has everything he had when you were there and then some. But most people go, well, you don't have kids, so you don't understand. And I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. So with that, Put for proper representation in your home. Not just you and your mate, but do it for you and your child. Do it for the fact that most of us didn't have good representation in our homes. Do it for the fact that representation to me looks like a stand-up woman that I'm not relying or complying to anybody's lifestyle that they feel like a box that I have to be in. I'm not waiting for no handouts or begging. So a lot of things, representation-wise, that I've been shown, I'm definitely carrying out. It's just the continuation and knowing that it's not a race it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Shout out to Nipsey Hussle's R.I.P. Because a lot of times we heard the saying before, it's not a it's not a race, it's a marathon. And I mean it's not a sprint where you 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 might want it to be over right now, but in all actuality, you need it to go, you need to go a certain amount of time so that you can understand you, what you're racing for, the cause behind you racing, the love or the passion that you have for it, if that's what it is. But 
understanding you, if you ask me, is what a marathon breaks down for you. Because your mindset might not always be longevity. It might be right now, let me just hurry up and finish. But a marathon shows you that longevity wins the race. For me, representation looks a little different, right? Because growing up in the 80s and the 90s, we watched TV, music videos, we went outside, people that you hung around or school, home, shout out to the Boys and Girls Club because that's where a lot of things I learned came from. Um, Representation was different. Nowadays, representation don't necessarily have to come from your house or from being outside, it comes from your phone. Looking in your phone and being able to go, oh, I need to step it up. If they're 42 and this is what they're doing, I gotta step it up because I'm 42 and I gotta be like that. And in all actuality, you really don't. What's the scariest part about things like that is how much control as a parent do you have when it comes to your children? How much influence do you have over your children? Are you putting forth representation that makes them go, oh, nah, I'm listening to my moms and my dad or my relative or my brother, my sister, whatever it is. Are you putting in the work to make sure that social media isn't influencing or giving representation to things that you wouldn't necessarily help your kid to have representation on. Um, we live in this time, right, where I grew up, I'm not going to make it seem like I was super confident. I was probably under 100 pounds the better part of my life. Uh, I had boobs, grown woman boobs as a little girl. Uh I had a big, I still have a big forehead. And I wasn't your average girl. I was the girl that liked to play ball, do whatever the boys were doing. So the confidence level, depending on what I was doing, was different. So sometimes I was super confident, and then sometimes I would kind of hunch down and hope that nobody noticed me. But it wasn't because of representation at home wasn't good. My mother always told me I was beautiful. My grandmother, just relatives in general. Like, when I was growing up, I was always told how beautiful and how smart I was. So when I went places and somebody would say these things to me, they would not, they would kind of be in awe that I wasn't in shock by a compliment. And I feel like growing up in the hood is, it's weird, but most people don't know how to accept a compliment. If I go, ooh, girl, them shoes nice. You know what a woman will do to me? She'll give me the look once over me, like go from head to toe and kind of give me a snarl. I look and I go, okay. Maybe somebody didn't raise her to know that anybody can give her a compliment without trying to hit on her. Being that I am a lesbian, sometimes I feel like a lot of these women, they automatically assume somebody wants you. If you're listening, we don't want you. You might look nice, 
might be a fun time. But the majority of lesbians do not want unnecessary headaches. We are women. We get those anyway. So to add to your life an unnecessary headache, trust me, nobody wants that. But these women are not confident in themselves. That and the fact that they're on social media the majority of the day watching certain things that tell you, oh, I need to have an ass that's as big as the couch I'm about to sit on. The seat that you were sitting on the couch, you want your ass to fill the whole cushion. And unfortunately, a lot of our modern day stars, reality TV stars, Instagram models, they're coming out and they're telling y'all like, hey, do things the right way because a lot of us didn't do things the right way. There was a lot of women that had money comfortable getting shots in basements, going to these sidebar doctors and wind up almost losing their life. So now with BBLs all over the place and people being comfortable going, no, no, no. They take the fat from here and they put it here. And I'm going, well, what they going to do when you get more fat in that place? What they, they're just going to keep adding it to your butt. But realistically, the forms of representation these days are so far and broad that it's kind of scary to know that as people, somebody had tell me, somebody who chose not to have children, Oh, well, you don't understand because you don't have kids. And I'm going, no, I, I definitely understand. I don't want no parts of it, though. Because if you do the math, right, on how many times as a parent you have to sit down and explain to these kids, hey, what they do does not represent you. Most of them, they'll look at you and go, no, no, it definitely represents me. We're the same age. We go to the same school. We do the same things. Represents Growing up being an 80s and 90s kid, my mother's favorite line, well, if John jumps off the roof, are you going to jump off the roof? And your answer all the time is nine times out of ten going to be no. Now, depending on what type of person you are, no might not be your answer. You might actually go, well, shit, depending on where John's going, I might want to go too. And you look like, well, goddamn, goddamn. But for me, my answer was always going to be no. If somebody's doing something that I know might not be right for me, yeah, I'm not going to do it. The difference is I was never a follower. I was always comfortable going, well, I'm not doing that. Most of my friends, shout out to them, still living, having good knees, still being functional, able to chase your kids. Niggas used to do some crazy shit. Jumping from an abandoned building to the other building, roof to roof. Uh, If you grew up in the Bronx and you know anything about 187, 187 is flatlands for a long way. Like you could come from Southern Boulevard all the way to Bathgate. And there is no hill, no incline, no nothing, just straight flatland. But then once you get to Bathgate in 187, and now you're approaching Washington, there's a hill. 
Now, now it's an incline. But as a child, that was probably one of the steepest hills I thought I've ever seen. But in the same aspect, I went down that hill more than once in a shopping cart from a supermarket that has no brakes. No brakes. So I could have died. Now, mind you, the 15 and the 55 bus used to go through 3rd Avenue. So at any point in time, your ass could shoot out from 187, hoping not to die, and a bus or a car could smack your ass down 3rd Avenue. And I went down it on a bike. I say those are the safer ways. Definitely seen a couple of my friends go down that hill on um, crates, different Different things that you definitely don't want your kids doing in 2022, 23, my bad. So, representation is a little different. Now, don't get me wrong. I was definitely the scary kid. So, a lot of my friends was doing shit. I'd be off to the side like, I'll meet y'all over here. But, nowadays, these kids, they want to do everything they friends do. So, quick story. Saw this kid the other day, me and my wife, we outside in the park across the street where we live at. And um, I see this kid, it, it looks weird because he's climbing a gate. But he's climbing a gate coming out of the projects to come to the park. The kid couldn't get over the gate. So somebody that was a little older than him had to help him show him where to put his feet, Help him down, things of that nature. By the time this particular kid that was scaling the gate, him and another kid is walking past me and my wife, the kid that he's with tells him, hey, if you want to be YGs, you can't run. And the kid looks at him like, yeah, yeah, I can't run. In my mind, I go, well, shit, if he can't run, I don't think he should be a gangbanger. Because him getting over that gate was a hard job. So now, if he can't run, he damn sure can't get over a gate. What's bound to happen to this kid? God forbid. Knock on wood. He's going to get shot. Or, hopefully, his parents or somebody intervenes before this kid makes the worst decision of his life. Representation. When these kids see nothing but gangbangers around them and they look kind of cool or they're giving off cool vibes or they see the energy that these kids are offering to other kids, it's like, oh, I want to be down. I want a part of that. And as people, I'll be the glory to them. They figure it out. Hopefully not before it's too late, but they figure it out. And as a people in the Bronx, I feel like a lot more people need to be comfortable going, hey, little nigga, don't, don't, don't sign up for that. You see what you just had to do to get over that gate? You're not going to be able to get away from bullets or somebody chasing you or even worse, somebody, like bullets are the worst, but somebody's chasing you and you can't get over a gate. You passed out, you finna die. And nobody wants to die like that, so please. Help these kids to have a better representation or a better idea 
of what to rep when they're outside. When I used to walk out my mother's house for a lot of years, almost every day, my mother would look at me and say, when you go out this house, you are not your own person. You represent me. So if somebody calls me or tells me they seen you doing something that your ass ain't had no business, I'ma hurt you. And she wasn't lying. Most people that, especially back in the days, people cared about you. They didn't want to necessarily see you get hurt or get your ass whooped, but they damn sure didn't want to see you die or get killed or put yourself in a situation where any of those things can happen. Those are sounds of the Bronx, excuse me. Nobody really wanted to see you uh, be hurt, harmed, anything. So, yeah, they would call your parents. Hopefully, you would get your ass whooped and you would learn a lesson. Nowadays, these kids go out the house in a pair of Crocs, some dirty clothes, telling people to suck their dick. You're not my mother. You're not my family. So, I don't care what you're talking about. Two seconds later, getting their head split open to the rifle. A lot of these things can be avoided. A lot of things. A lot of these kids going to jail. A lot of these kids being killed, hurt, harmed. All of these things could be changed. If you're comfortable enough to tell somebody who chose not to have children, I don't understand. You don't understand the value of having the children. If you choose not to make them better than you. If you're not instilling things in them to make them greater when they walk out your house. When they get around other kids, they are stupid. They are stupid, stupid, stupid children. But if you instill some things in them that might change their outlook on when they go outside or their form of representation, believe you me, you could get a better better, better uh, turnover because I have friends that have kids that's in their 20s, approaching their 30s, and them kids, like, they different, just to say the least. And as a person, I tell my friend all the time, like, you did your part. Now, if they choose to go against what you put out there, put forth for them, that's on them. But you can't beat yourself up about not doing your part, especially when you taught them how to get money, how to take care of themselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. If they have some sort of disability or dis, uh, disadvantage that the world would look at, you have to show them how it's not a disadvantage to them. They have to be able to move and shake and still do, do the things they need to do. <coughs> Excuse me. So when you realize you're training these kids not only to not have the proper thought process when they are not around you, but when they get around other adults, it's even worse because now they got to show out. They got to tell it, oh, you don't know me. I was grown. And you be, like me personally, I be scared being around people's kids because you don't know what these kids are capable of. These kids wasn't raised to snap on each other, slap box with each other, play games that made you become a team together. They know what they do. They play video games that keeps you very separate. 
uh, they stay on phones that keep you very separate. And the majority of y'all were comfortable with not engaging with them. So y'all gave them tablets and iPads and all type of other isolating things to keep them quiet and not bothering you. Look at them now. Look at them now. And you could say, oh, no, well, you, you, you don't know what you're talking about. All right, I'll take it. But I guarantee you, you, you listening to this and you're going, wow, how does she know this? How would she be able to put that together? And it's because not only have I been around people with children, I helped raise some kids. Um, just being observant, let's say that. If most of y'all was as observant as I was watching people raise kids, you would want to do better. You would want to win because that's a game, right, that God gives you that you're able to win. Most people will go, oh, kids are not a game. They're definitely not. What they are is a, a, a piece of your puzzle to show God that you were willing and able to do the work. Most of y'all just want to say, oh, I got kids. I got kids. And did not do the work to make these people, these children, be able to become great adults. So when I sit and I look and I watch and I'm like, oh my God. Anytime people is getting rough with two-year-olds because they don't like the way they're talking or they're moving too much, I'm going, well, maybe, just maybe, should have got a lesson. Or or hopefully that's not how you were treated. Because most people, they're only projecting what they were given, representation. So if your parenting representation sucked, just know. Most people are not going to like what I'm saying right now. And I'm okay with that. Facts are facts, though. If you was raised in a loving home, I don't care if you were raised by a goddamn dog. Guarantee you, you have a different outlook on the way you carry yourself, the way you care for people, the way you do things when you walk outside your house. But if you were raised by animals that don't have respect for nothing, the same way you act, they act in a worse form. I don't, I don't know what you're expecting me to say. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, period. And in this day and time, representation means so much. Because I'm going to talk about this real quick and then I'm probably going to get up out of here. The average person wants to blame LGBTQIA people, I think I said that right for the first time, um, or what their children see. And I go, there's been gay people all of our lives, before they were our lives. But the difference was they were comfortable going, no, I don't want people seeing me because then they're going to judge me. So now that we're not judged and we're able to walk around, be in the streets and live the way regular people live, now you're going to say it's the gay people's fault because they see gay people on television 
they see gay people in the movies kissing and doing things no it's these people that's comfortable marketing and uh using the lgbtqia as representation to go hey this is what the world looks like now take it or leave it and most of y'all want to blame people for a thing that is going on in the world that the world the government television are comfortable exploiting so what that tells you is hey get off of the television take that phone away from little johnny so he doesn't see the the, the interactions of adults and explain or you could let little johnny keep it and explain to him why these two men love each other or why this man and this woman are comfortable doing the things that he sees them doing that you should explain to them why do these kids have to learn everything off of instagram and social media or or google or youtube if y'all are comfortable with letting youtube and google teach your kids this is where the world is going wrong anyway that is it google and youtube are places for you to get you can learn some things but these are also places that you can be misinformed and led astray so on this note i'm gonna close out thank you again for listening if you listened this long i appreciate you Tune in, tune in, tune in to next episode. Next episode is going to be 9.5. 9.5 is going to be about your girl. Things that I've been through, how I've gotten to this point. Just so y'all can get to know me. So, till the next one, people.